0: All right, our last couple of verses here, Revelation 13, 16 through 18, the mark of the beast. Uh, now, this is not the best picture because uh, that's not at all what the mark of the beast can look like based on the context. It's not a son, um, and it's not on the forearm. It's on the hand or the forehead, uh, and also this poor child. Uh, there probably won't be children that age, uh, actually, unless he's about three and a half, but uh, hopefully the Lord will spare the children at that uh point in history. We don't have anything written about kids uh, during the tribulation, but we can assume if he will uh, take them out of the earth before the tribulation, that he will have some sort of uh, divine intervention for children, we hope. All right, so there is a mandate. Now, uh, forgive me if I get a little political during this. Uh, I actually have a very non- my, my view on this is not very eccentric, uh, but we do have some patterns going on in the world today uh, that point towards this kind of authority and this kind of power that the Antichrist will culminate to himself. Uh, so I, I have uh, given these some um, politically inflammatory titles, but uh, <laughs> forgive me for that. So this one is titled The Mandate. Uh, it says, he causes all the small and the great, the rich and the poor, the free men and the slaves, to be given a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. Now this uh, this phrase used, the small and the great, the rich and the poor, the free and the slave, uh, this basically says there will be no discrimination for status, for, uh, for culture, for nationality. Uh, there will be no distinction one man from another about who receives this and who does not. Um, it will be required for all peoples. Now uh, we're going to look at a few... Uh, precedents that have been set for this kind of marking of people, some of them not so permanent, others more permanent. Uh, So we're going to uh, work our way there. The first one is uh, purple ink used by the Taliban um, under their previous regime uh, to indicate that someone has voted. Now this was rife with corruption, uh, but they would dye people's fingers with purple on election day after they had voted, supposedly. Supposedly. Um, in order to keep them from voting twice. Uh, So this concept of marking people uh, for a political purpose um, is not unprecedented in recent history even. The practice of marking those who have received a vaccine uh, is popular in uh, in the Middle East, in Lower uh, Southern Asia, and in Africa. Here we've got a little boy from Pakistan who received a purple mark on his finger after receiving the polio vaccine. There is historical precedent for branding people. Uh, The Holocaust is probably one of the the most historically recent events that we can look at and wonder if Satan thought it was his time. Uh, Satan is not uh, all-knowing. He does not know when his day will come. So we see throughout history that he has exercised uh, certain certain individuals that look an awful lot like the prophesied Antichrist, and that could be uh, a Hitler-like figure. So when we see things like branding of people, uh, it makes us wonder, uh, did Satan think it was his time? because the text does uh, explicitly indicate that it will be uh, visible on the outside of the skin, uh, not injected. Uh, There may be an injected element to this, but if there is, it is nowhere in the text of Revelation. It might be something that accompanies a mark, but it is not the injection. It will be the mark uh, that is the mark of loyalty. So uh, it is, Possible that uh, in the future the Antichrist government or any government might uh, implement something like an RFID tracking. Uh, Unless this comes with a topical mark, it's not the mark of the beast, and unless it comes with required worship of a human being as a god, um, it is not the mark of the beast. Now I've seen a lot of uh, uh, a lot of newspaper exegesis, which I apologize for. I was just practicing it with the AI. Uh, but again, that's an idea of how it might look. It's not uh, what I'm saying it will be like. But I remember in about, uh, when was that, 2007, 2008, when this RFID chip started to be popular, uh, popularly, popularly used in Europe, um, there was a lot of talk of, is it the mark of the beast? Now, it might be technology that the beast will use again. Uh, and it has a lot to do with tracking. But I think while we've been so focused on a uh, mark going in our hands and that it might track us, Uh, we've totally forgotten that we are already being tracked. Uh, (laughs) All of us carry around a cell phone and uh, freak out if we forget it at home. Um, I have returned to my home to retrieve my phone um, even after arriving at work before, uh, because it's something that seems hard to live without. more people have government-subsidized phones all over the world than have government-subsidized food and water. Uh, phones are handed out like candied mitts, and that seems kind of crazy to us in, uh, in America, where a phone easily costs a $1,000, but where, where the population generally has $1,000 to spend, they will, uh, they will take $1,000 for it. But I've also been in a uh, couple countries around the world where People have three and four phones uh, that in America would cost thousands of dollars. Uh, in China, I remember getting a taxi cab with one uh, one cab driver who had at least three phones displayed on his dashboard plus an iPad um, and some other device attached to his ear. Uh, but their phones are cheap. You know. Their phones are cheap. The Huawei. Exactly. Cheap uh, so it doesn't matter uh, where you are in the world. More people have phones and have adequate food. Uh, People are being tracked. And I think uh, it easily escapes our notice uh, when we are being sensationalist about uh, things like RFID chips. That being said, I would never receive one myself. Um, I find the the idea abhorrent. But uh, if you're worried about being tracked by an antichrist government and you think the only way for them to do that is to implant a chip in your hand, uh, you're very wrong. Uh, We are already... There is already the ability to track just about everyone on the earth just by the phones they carry in their pockets. Uh, so you can use a VPN. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Even then with Huawei. Huh? Have, even then with Huawei, there's other ways for them to track you even without. Right. Well, using a it, yeah, yet. it depends on where you get the phone. I exactly. Mean, who the phone knows? Could bypass that and who knows what's in an iPhone in reality? That's true. They, they have a lot or of. Or anything. Exactly. Uh, So uh, today, of course, we deal with, uh, we have uh, two beasts that we seem to be facing. One is face masks and the other is injections, uh, vaccines that are mandated. Uh, The mask uh, actually looks or will be a lot more like the, uh, the mark of the beast than the vaccine will be because this is a way for other people to recognize your loyalty to the government or not. Uh, When mask mandates are universal regardless of vaccine status. Those who do not wear masks are looked at as unloyal. Uh, while vaccine vaccinated people are allowed to go around without masks, anyone wearing a mask may be looked at as unloyal. That being said, the mask does not fit the uh, description of the mark of the beast at all, but this is the kind of political influence that uh, the mark of the beast will have it will have a, an economic uh, influence to it. Here we see a sign that is put on a door that says no entry without a, mask, without a face mask. Uh, today I went to a restaurant where it said face masks required for entry. Uh, we walked through the door without face masks and they asked us to please put on our masks. We put on our masks. They asked how many people in our party we said two. Uh, we sat down at the table, took off our masks and they said nothing. <laughs> uh, it is simply perfunctory, but it is to show your loyalty or your ability to follow the instructions of a government system. Uh, So it will be very similar. And I think this is, uh, this may be paving the way, uh, but it itself is not uh, the mark of the beast. But the timing Uh, of the mark of the beast is after the the tribulation. tribulation. Right. So, I mean, well, the other reason I'm going through this is because there are plenty of people who believe this is the mark of the beast, and that sounds crazy. Uh, but there is a uh, a pastor who I really do oh, really yeah. like. Yeah. I really appreciate his ministry. <laughs> uh, but his evidence for why this is the Mark of the Beast is because mask, M-A-S-K, mark, M-A-R-K. Oh, <laughs> the my of the eyes beast. rolled so far <laughs> in the back of my head. I cannot oh. tell you. Uh, and he said it was such a coy smile and I was just rolling. Right. Uh, <laughs> all right. try trying to make some money. <laughs> Yeah. Um, So here, uh, the text and what it indicates about the mark it will be visible. It will be permanent and not removable. And it will be explicitly a brand of loyalty. Uh, It will be on the foreheads, that is, above the eye and below the hairline, um, or it will be on the right hand, and that is on the right hand, not in it, and right hand, not left hand. Uh, God doesn't make mistakes when He is this specific about. about things in his word. When there is this specificity to it, uh, unless it matches the exact specificity of scripture, uh, we have to stand on God's word and uh, interpret this as not yet as bad as it will get. Uh, This mark will be a placation of the sealing of the Holy Spirit. When the spirit seals a believer, it is sealed to eternity. Uh, when one receives this mark from the beast, that will be uniquely a uh, no turning back point for the unbeliever. The Lord will harden their hearts at the point they receive this mark um, as a recognition of the Antichrist as the Christ. So unless you have uh, recognized a human being that is not Jesus Christ as the Christ and received a mark in light of that recognition, uh, it's not the mark of the beast. That being said, I'm not saying there's not precedent being set for this kind of mark being um, being implemented on the world, but we haven't seen it yet. Um, we're always tempted to... Well, plus the to, timing. The, the timing. Yes. would meet up because then that means that we didn't, uh, there's no rapture. Yes, exactly. And we're going to see a verse from Daniel that's going to time this pretty well for us. Um, so the spirit sealing in Ephesians 1, 13 to 14, it says... In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now this verse, if you replace these with, uh, with believing in the Antichrist, you could say that you have been uh, sealed with the mark of the beast. Uh, it says, who is given as a pledge for our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. Uh, so this mark of the beast will be a demonic placation of the spirit's sealing. Oh, that is the same verse. That is the same verse. <laughs> I'm doing great here. Wait, is that the same verse? No. No, it's not. This one is not. Wait. 13 2. Okay, this is Revelation 7, 2-3. to three. Uh, We see the seal of the living God uh, It says, and I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun, having the seal of the living God. And he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the bondservants of our God on their foreheads. Now, this was speaking of the 144,000 sealed not to salvation. They have already been saved. This is a ceiling that will be visible on their foreheads, and it is a ceiling to their ministry on the earth during the tribulation period, uh, that ministry of preaching the everlasting gospel. Um, This will be a physical uh, mark, a visible mark on their foreheads. Uh, There's nothing in the text to indicate that they will be invisible. Uh, Many people say that they have to be invisible. Otherwise the antichrist would know who they are and just kill them. Uh, Nevertheless, uh, that is interpreting through a theology and not interpreting through the word of God, Uh, they're sealed on their foreheads. Uh, This is the same Greek terminology used for the sealing on the foreheads uh, with the mark of the beast. Uh, This will be Satan's mark when God's physical mark is present on the earth at the same time. This one is the same as the last verse. And uh, This one shows the uh, fate of those sealed. Uh, But also pay attention in the next few verses here from Revelation 14, 16, 19, and 20, that the mark of the beast and those who have taken the mark of the beast, it is never again in Revelation separated from the worship of the beast. Uh, You can't accidentally take this mark. You can't take it without knowing what it is. You will know what it is uh, when it arrives. Actually, you won't because you won't be here, hopefully. Everyone listening, everyone on the live uh, will... uh, (laughs) will not be here, I'm sure. Uh, but Revelation 14, 9 through 11 says, then another angel, a third one. Now, this is going to be during the, uh, the bold judgments that we'll get to in a future, or in the next chapter. No, this is not during the bold judgment. Sorry, ignore me. Uh, then another angel, a third one following them, saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast and his image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, he also will drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is mixed in full strength in the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, they who have no rest day and night, those who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. So the worship of the beast and the mark of the beast are intimately connected. And just as the seal of the Holy spirit guarantees us glorification with Christ sharing in his destiny. So receiving the mark of the beast guarantees, uh, sharing in Satan's, uh, end. this verse then comes from the bowl judgment. Now I made mention earlier how this is not the time of Satan's wrath. This is the time of God's wrath from chapters nine to 13, 14, it's pretty easy to forget that because we're spending so much time looking at the uh, activity of Satan on the earth during that time. But we have to remember the greater context of Revelation is this three sets of seven judgments. This is the wrath of God on the earth. Even though Satan will also be um, spewing venom during this time, uh, it is God's time of wrath. And it's from God's wrath that we are spared and being raptured before the tribulation begins. But in Revelation 16 too, it says, so the first angel went and poured out his bowl on the earth and it became a loathsome and malignant sore on the people who had the mark of the beast and who worshiped his image. Uh, now this uh, also looks a lot like God's uh, God's plagues on the people of Egypt, that certain of those plagues were discriminated, whether they were uh, living in the, uh, the area of Goshen in egypt or whether they were in egypt proper Uh, that was the plague of darkness those who lived in goshen still had light Uh, those who were part of the tribes of israel still had light Uh, other plagues uh, had to do with whether or not they were obedient and we know that every one of the jews at that point was obedient to cover their doorposts with the blood of a lamb Uh, and those who were not which were the uh, egyptians uh, the angel of death entered and took their first son. So here we see that those who have chosen to align themselves through worship and through taking the mark of the beast uh, also uh, receive this discriminated wrath of God, where the wrath of God doesn't uh, go after those who have not received the mark of the beast. Uh, Naturally, this is something that takes a period of time to implement. Uh, It seems that it would probably start uh, very uh either at the midpoint or very soon or very close to the midpoint of the uh of the tribulation um uh, i lean towards immediately after the midpoint because it's at the midpoint that the antichrist is killed and resurrected and it's this uh resurrection that the false prophet points to and says that he is uh he is the beast so i believe the technology and even possibly the Im- the plan to implement this mark will, um, will happen during the first part of the tribulation. Um, I don't believe a single person will receive this until immediately following the midpoint of the tribulation. So we could see all the technology, even the plans of implementation, but it will take at least three and a half years for the first person to receive the mark if we see it uh, All right. So in uh, Galatians 6:17, we see that we as Christians, while well, uh, enduring the wrath of Satan on this earth, while well, he is the god of this earth, uh, we share in the suffering of Christ. But this is a suffering that we can endure because we have Christ, and in Christ we are overcomers through our faith. Uh, but during the period of the tribulation, those who share in the sufferings of Satan uh, from God's wrath uh, will receive these discriminated. Uh, bold judgments. And uh, we see finally in Revelation 20, um, two different distinct fates based on who took what mark, the mark of the Holy Spirit or the mark of the beast, the false spirit. So in Revelation 24, we see, then I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God and those who had not worshipped the beast for his image, and had not received the mark on their foreheads and on their hands, and they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Um, so we see those who do not receive this mark have a glorious promise ahead, but we also see that there will be incredible and extreme suffering on the earth at that time, even unto martyrdom, uh, that many of these, uh, these persons who receive the Holy spirit rather than uh, the false spirit uh, who are sealed to eternity. They will uh, reign with Christ in his millennial kingdom. So this Mark uh, says, and he provides that no one will be able to buy or sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. So we see that there are, uh, fatal consequences for not worshiping the image. Um, So there are economic consequences for not uh, taking the mark, but the worship of the beast being intimately involved with the mark of the beast essentially means that these economic uh, consequences for not taking the mark will, uh, will probably not even matter that much for those who are discovered by the government at that time, the government of the antichrist, because the penalty for not worshiping is death. And if they don't have the mark, then they are not worshiping the beast. Um, so though it will be hard for them to buy, uh, it will be much worse for them if they are discovered by the government or by a government agent without the mark, um, because that means they will be killed. So this, uh, these economic consequences probably have more uh, consequences in uh, more localized areas. Like I live on Vashon Island right now, and uh, doesn't seem all that strange to me that I might not be allowed to buy anything at a grocery store if I'm not vaccinated uh, someday. It could be a very similar thing where if there's not a uh, visible representation of your loyalty to the beast, uh, that local establishments will not receive you. Uh, and it might even be friends and neighbors that turn you away in those days, uh, because they are afraid of the government powers that have put Uh, mandates on them so that they might even turn you in uh, for not receiving that mark. Uh, So the economic consequences are ways of uh, purging those who have not worshipped the beast. The economic consequences are not the consequences proper, but they are consequences that cause you to be uh, pushed out of the dark so that you're not able to hide and evade the worship of the beast. The mark itself is not the end. The mark is a tool for for making sure that all are worshiping the beast. So receipt of the mark will be optional. Uh, You cannot separate the consequences of worship in a known object, and that is the object of the beast. So yes, you will have the option of whether or not you take it, but you will not be able to choose the consequences of what happens if you take it or not. If you don't take it, you will be killed physically. If you do take it, you will be killed eternally. Uh, refusal of the mark has economic consequences, yes, but refusal to worship has, uh, has consequences to your physical body. You will be killed by the government powers of the Antichrist. Um, but both the mark and the worship of the beast have salvific consequences. That means uh, those who worship this beast and who take uh, the mark of the beast. First they, uh, they will be those who are either undecided making a decision or those who have already decided uh, with the beast who are receiving that mark because they have decided for the beast. Uh, those who are in Christ will not take the mark of the beast. Um, and that is yet another reason um, besides all of the context making it impossible for what we see on the earth today to be the mark of the beast. Um, the timing, we're three and a half years minimum uh, from this being implemented, Uh, but also the fact that uh, many, many Christians have received uh, what is being touted as the mark by some, uh, that should be a clear indicator that uh, those who confess Jesus Christ won't be able to take this mark because they will have to confess the Antichrist as their Christ. Uh, So it's... uh, very dubious that uh, that any confessor or the, any professing Christian will receive this mark, and it will be a supernatural uh, feat of God to protect them from taking this mark. Uh, but uh, that doesn't mean that they will be protected physically. That means they will be protected eternally, so that they do not receive this uh, do not receive this mark. Uh, the location will be semi-regulated, but uh, the parameters will be predetermined. You will only have the option between right hand and forehead. Um, They will be specifically right hand or forehead. Uh, No delineation from that. Uh, The image that is projected on your skin will also be uh, or have the sense of choice, but really it's not a choice. Um, I do find it interesting that uh, you're allowed the name or the number and you're allowed it on your hand or your forehead giving the illusion of choice, but really there will be no choice. Um, it's take it or die. Um, and this name or number that appears, uh, it will probably be in some human language that we understand by seeing it. Um, I, I would really doubt that it's going to be a picture. Uh, the, uh, the Left Behind series, again, it's not, uh, it's not theology itself. I really disagreed with what they did with the mark. It was the picture of the Antichrist tattooed on the hand or the forehead. Uh, That's nowhere in scripture. It's going to be the number or his name. Uh, However, it could be some sort of computer language. We don't know. It might be uh, like there's recent technology where they can actually tattoo on you, uh, Uh, something that is readable by a computer, not visually, but uh, internally. But somewhere in this code or somewhere in this language will have to include the name or the number um, of the antichrist of the first beast. Um, And it will be some sort of literal inclusion of that. So finally, what is the number and what is his name? Uh, John kind of changes his tone here. Um, One person said he almost sounds Kabbalistic. Uh, meaning that it sounds like the uh, the writings of the Kabbalah uh, rather than writings of Scripture. When he changes and starts to speak in somewhat mysterious form, uh, we might think of it as like the uh, the writings of Nostradamus is what some people say this kind of sounds like. Uh, yeah, he might take on a different tone, uh, but I don't think he's taking on a different tone because he's writing in the same manner as the Kabbalists or. Or Nostradamus, he's still writing the words of God. Uh, so it says, Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for the number is that of a man, and his number is 666. Now, there are a lot of things that we can glean from this number, and it's, it's been uh, uh, discussed throughout the ages what this might mean. No one has come to a satisfactory uh, answer. In fact, the dean of my school, um, I even disagree with him about what this might mean because uh it uh, it gives too good an explanation, and I don't think we're meant to have an explanation of this. I'll discuss that a bit, but uh, i I think I will send you guys the uh, the thesis written by my uh, my dean. that was what his doctoral thesis was on was the number of the beast uh, and he uses something called gematria um, and says that that will be how they identify the beast. I find this pretty dubious again, because uh, though it was written to a first century audience that was reading the book of um, John, or the book of Revelation in Greek, uh, this is clearly something written to not the original audience, uh, but to those who will be enduring the tribulation period. Um, Though the entire book was written for the understanding of uh, the churches in Asia Minor, I don't believe it necessary that every word in the book be understandable to them. Uh, there are still some mysteries involved here uh, for those in the last days. And I believe this is one of them that until they see it, until it is revealed to them what this uh, what this number means and how it is connected to the name of the beast. Uh, I don't think we'll be able to know. Uh, I know someone thought Ronald Reagan was the Antichrist because all three of his names had six letters. Um, and, you know, it might be that uh, when it comes to the Antichrist, but we can't know until the Antichrist is here. So none of us will know this side of heaven is all I'm saying. Well, at uh, the time, ta- I mean, when it actually happens, we will probably know because we'll be
1: I think we'll know yeah, the that, we'll be in the presence of Christ and we'll have the
0: knowledge. his knowledge yeah. will be imparted to us. Exactly. So, yeah, this side of heaven, we won't know. But the moment we enter heaven and we are face to face with Christ, uh, we will have the opportunity to know. Now, I, I know that sounds like a, uh, uh, a cheap answer. So we're going mm-hmm. uh, to look a bit deeper at this. Uh, so I believe this is something included in the sealed prophecy of Daniel. In Daniel 12, 9 through 12, uh, right at the end of the book of Daniel, it says, uh, he said, Go your way, Daniel, for these words are concealed and sealed up until the end times. So Daniel had received a vision, um, his last vision from the uh, from the angels here on the banks of a river, which name escapes me. Uh, But he says many will be purged, purified and refined, but the wicked will act wickedly and none of the wicked will understand. But those who have insight will understand for the time that the regular sacrifice is abolished. And remember, that is the midpoint of the tribulation. And the abomination of desolation is set up. And I believe that is the image of the beast. There will be 1290 days. How blessed is he who keeps waiting and attains to the 1335 days. Now that gives us a, uh, a 45 day gap. Uh, another prophecy in Daniel gives us a 30 day gap. Uh, I very uh, unwisely deleted my part of what those 30 days and the subsequent 15 days uh, include. But that is in the previous video. We did look at it when we saw the antichrist. So go back and look at that. because um, I was kicking myself for deleting that. Um, I can't put it back into the slideshow once I've deleted it. it is the short answer here. But uh, that 30 days and the, uh, the 45 total days probably has to do with uh, the Uh, The activity of Christ, after he returns, he will return on the 1290th day, and then there will be uh, 45 days before he establishes his kingdom. In the midst of that will be the resurrection of Israel into the land. Uh, It will be the completion of the the purging of those who are uh, aligned with the Antichrist. The Antichrist will be uh, defeated on the 1290th day. But the entire earth will take about 30 days to cleanse and then 15 more days to set up uh, the kingdom. Uh, so that's probably what these 1,335 days represent uh, because he says, blessed is he who keeps waiting and attains to the 1,335. There will be unbelievers who live on the 1,291st day, 1292nd day, but their time is really ticking. Uh, but to those who... Uh, attain to the 1,335 days, those are those uh, who have put their trust in Jesus Christ, and he is not coming to destroy them, but he is coming to bring the kingdom and to establish it. Uh, So in uh, Daniel 9 or Daniel 10, uh, it speaks about the the kingdom of God that will be given uh, to the people of God, and that that kingdom will grow to uh, expand over the entire earth, In Daniel chapter 2, we see a uh, stone cut without hands that will demolish the statue uh, of the Gentile governments. But then that stone, which destroys the governments, will grow into a mountain. This uh, 45-day gap is when that stone grows into a mountain that is the kingdom uh, of Christ, the millennial kingdom. And that's not uncommon for a dispensation to have a Period of time between one and the other. We know that the dispensation of law ended with Christ on the cross, and the dispensation of grace did not begin until the day of Pentecost. So that was about a 50 day gap. All right, so uh, let's talk a bit about Gematria, what it is. Usually, Gematria is done in the Hebrew. Uh, however, uh, very few futurists who believe that Gematria is the method of understanding the name of the beast uh, use the Hebrew because the Hebrew was not what was used by those who received uh, who received the book of Revelation. And usually those who are using Gematria are trying to find a way for the first century uh, church to have understood this. So they use the Greek alphabet um, and numerical values assigned to the Greek alphabet. This was a practice common uh, in those days. However, um, it was not a godly practice. It was uh, put on the same level as astronomy and other divinations. To me, it would be very. It, it, I cannot see an option where uh, where God is telling His people to use demonic practices to understand His word. Uh, that doesn't fly in my understanding. Is there a reason why six is missing? No, I didn't notice that in here. (laughs) Uh, I pulled this off Google. Um, The one that Andy Woods uses um, does have a six. There are no letters missing. I don't know. Um, I will actually look into that because that (laughs) interests me now. Uh, It does. like I said, gematria is usually used in the Hebrew. In fact, uh, lots of churches today, in fact, some, uh, some more uh, wild versions of the Hebrew roots movement uh, will use gematria to try to understand Bible codes, uh, where they'll set computer programs up to find secret messages hidden in God's word. Uh, God's word is not a mystery to us. It is mysteries revealed. God's word is written to us in understandable human language. Uh, And we are given the faculties to understand um, human language, and we are also given the Holy Spirit to interpret God's word for us um, so that we are able to understand uh, spiritually, whereas we don't understand spiritually uh, beforehand, though we might understand the sense. We don't uh, feel the impact of that until we have the Holy Spirit interpreting that to our spirit. Uh, So, Practices that uh, use secret codes that computers interpret or that we have to interpret through, uh, through occult practices really go against any interpretive practices that God condones in scripture. Uh, the, the use of gematria is a Kabbalistic practice uh, intimately uh, uh, involved with the Jewish concept of chakras uh, and astronomy. Uh, this is witchcraft. Uh, this is used in demonic ways. Uh, I, I'm not about using that in, uh, in trying to interpret God's word. Uh, so what you're seeing here are some of it's what they call the Ain Saf, uh, the tree of life in uh, the Kabbalah, uh, which they use to uh, try to access secret knowledge of God through the third eye. Uh, and you'll probably be more familiar with this tree of life um, in the uh, Hindu sense, the chakras and the third eye. So, yes, this is a demonic practice. And uh, I, I just... Is the third eye I the don't same Is the evil eye? Or? Um, it's essentially the, uh, the uh, Kabbalah promise of uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, There's not much difference in what's promised if you can access the third eye. um, It's the same promise that Satan has to those who eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You will be like God um, if you access this particle through understanding of the tree of life. Um, So uh, the ties of gematria to occult practices are uncomfortable for me. And I don't see enough evidence in scripture to point me towards gematria. In fact I see the opposite um, so I, I really don't believe this is something we can understand and I think that's by design I think those who are experiencing it um, at that time will be able to understand it first through the interpretation of the Holy Spirit and second because it will be there and present and it's it is vague as specific as it is there are um, vague aspects to this name of the um, name of the beast and I believe those Vague aspects will uh, be given clarity by the Holy Spirit and uh, seeing it unfold. Uh, There are many different ways it could take place. We can't be dogmatic, but there will be one way that will be recognizable without a doubt to those um, who have put their faith in Christ. What the mark will uh, look like, what kind of code or language, uh, whether it's an actual uh, 666 in the uh, Aramaic, numerals that we have, or whether it's the name of the beast in some sort of Roman numerals. I don't know. Uh, Who knows? It could be in Sanskrit. Uh, That being said, it could be a code which contains the number and contains the uh, name of the beast. Uh, Though I think that's perfectly possible. uh, It's not what I think will happen, because again, uh, why would you care whether it's the name or the number if you can't see the name or the number? The simple fact that there's a choice, uh, I believe, uh, points towards the fact that it will be visible and recognizable and understandable to the human eye, what um, is on your hand. Uh, I've heard arguments that because everyone knows 666 is the number of the devil, no one would get that on their hand. Uh, I cry foul to that logic. Um, I believe they will get it knowing perfectly well what it represents and what it is. Um, They have to consciously be worshiping the Antichrist, recognizing that his power comes from Satan uh, in order to receive this mark. Uh, This is not a time where Satan is attempting to hide. This is a time where he's attempting to convince people that who he is, is the Christ. Uh, He's not hiding himself at this point. His time's too short to hide in the shadows. Uh, So what is this mark of the beast? It will be visible, permanent, intimately involved with conscious worship of the first beast, the false Christ. The consequences for refusing the mark are economic, but ultimately those economic consequences are put in place in order to ensure worship. The consequences for not worship, worshiping are death. Uh, Therefore, the consequences for not taking the mark is death by extent uh, uh, or by a simple fact of the matter that you have to worship to receive this mark. Uh, the number of the beast is 666. What that means, uh, we can't be quite sure of. Um, however, there is one aspect to the number 666 that I do think uh, is very clear. Uh, and that does have to do with biblical numerology, but not chemotria. Uh The Bible does give certain um, meanings to words or to numbers, certain uses that are common, uh, like we all understand the number seven as the number of perfection, we understand the, uh, the number three is the number of deity of God. Uh, this number six is often used to identify mankind. Uh, the number six is the number of man. The number 666 is possibly, and this is, again, about as far as I will go in trying to figure out what this is, uh, it's probably man deified. This is a common way that, uh, that was used to enumerate certain ideas. Um, So the idea of the beast uh, will be that he is a man deified. uh, But how this number connects to that name, I I don't even begin to try to understand. I don't think I can. Um, That doesn't mean I haven't tried. It means I've exhausted uh, what I believe is within my power to understand. Uh, That being said, I will still, um, I'll I'll put uh, Andy Wood's Thing on my website so you guys can peruse it as well it is it's, it's a strong argument it's incredibly well researched um, I just disagree with the premise of it uh, all right so how it will be used to identify the beast in the future we can speculate but I don't think we can be dogmatic about it Andy Wood speculates uh, that's fine um, I disagree with him uh, graciously uh, but we can be sure that those who see it those who experience it will understand because the lord says they will understand it says those who are um those who have understanding and it is not we who understand by our own power but through the holy spirit that we understand Uh, i believe those believers in the last days will be given understanding where that understanding will be hidden uh, from those who do not believe in god god is uh, the god of wisdom the god of understanding